Welcome to the Design Your Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Marilee Blair. Let me be your positive light to help you reach your highest potential and put you in an empowered frame of mind every episode. It's time to get excited for our lives and be in charge of designing our happiness every single day. Let's go. Welcome back to the Design Your Happiness podcast. I'm excited to have a special guest on the show today who's going to educate you on the importance of understanding how to communicate with children through effective communication therapy services. Tiffany Ludwig earned her Bachelor's of Science in Business with an emphasis in marketing from the University of Texas, then moved to California in 2016 and earned her Master's of Science in Speech Language Pathology at Loma Linda University. Tiffany has worked with school-aged children throughout North County, San Diego over the past 16 years and established her company, Effective Communication Therapy Services, also known as ECTS, as a non-public agency last February. ECTS provides school-aged students uh, occupational therapy, speech therapy, and assistive technology. Her team realizes that each child requires therapy based on individual factors and current levels of functioning to help them become the best they can be. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for being here today and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Tiffany. And let's start the show with your favorite inspiring quote. So, Marilee, I've thought about this. (laughs) What is really inspiring within the last few weeks is getting a good night's rest, you know, as far as um, the basics go. I do have um, a line that I repeat to myself in my head sometimes. It's actually the title of a book uh, as opposed to an inspirational quote. Um, And it's more of a humanizing type of approach as opposed to being inspired, um, perhaps, but getting through the day is, you know, what Mm. I'm going for a lot of times. And I know a lot of people feel that way, too. And it's uh, wherever you go, there you are. Does that resonate with you? Yes. Wherever you go, there you are. are. So... um, and to me, that means don't re- rely on a reflected sense of self, which is um, something that is hard to get away from sometimes, mm-hmm. um, as well as just staying in the present moment. Yes. And it just takes an active um, effort to do that from day yeah. to day. But that, that, is, that is something that I replay in my mind pretty frequently. I Wherever love you that. Go, there Wherever you go, there you are. It's kind of like just accepting and embracing, like you said, you know, focusing on the present and just like kind of just accepting that where you are, you know, because most of the time we all, you know, stress about the future or, you know, look back at the past. And it's like, but if we could just kind of embrace where we are right now and kind of focus on that and be grateful for that moment how much better would our lives be? So I love that. That's, it. That's, That's exactly yeah. it. And how have you designed happiness into your life, Tiffany? I'm merely, I like that you use the word design um, because that's very specific in, a, in a, implying a process. For me, um, designing happiness as a daily practice, something that can be built upon itself. Um, and it includes... Um, living in alignment with my purpose, which is um, trying to help children 
every day, you know, and that includes my own son. <laughs> but, you know, on a larger scale, everyone who needs um, support um, in that demographic throughout San Diego. So um, kind of trying to stay focused on that, surrounding myself with others who share a desire for growth and improvement is key. Um, and so those are just a couple of, of ways that that I try to integrate it in my daily life. Um, but it's, it's a big picture, uh, moving parts mm -hmm. process. Right. It's true. It's <laughs> every day, you know, it's a step towards how we can design our happiness and how you can, you know, be there with your son and who you're surrounding yourself with and what you're doing with your company is all amazing ways that, you're doing that and that you're sharing that with all of us today. Yeah. So, so actually let's um, get into that. Okay. Can you tell us more about effective communication therapy services and why you decided to create it? So you gave a really great overview in your introduction of the services we provide. Um, we um, have been working with children on a larger scale, like you said, since February of last year. Before that, I was an independent contractor, just providing services as a speech therapist myself, um, and kind of learned the ins and outs of um, how to reach more children through this non-public agency um, avenue. And so we went through the application, <clears throat> excuse me, process for that, which was a years-long process for me. Oh. Um, you know, so I was at home at that time with my son most of the time working from home um going through the application for the non-public agency and um, submitting the packet and then everything had to be by mail but there would be one thing wrong with it that we could sit back you know wow. from from the state and so it was just you know a really um rigorous process to get mm -hmm. to this point mm -hmm. with um clinical practice as well as my background in business mm -hmm. Uh, kind of understanding what it takes, you know, to <laughs> meld the two right. um, to get to this point. And now we have myself and four others. So I have some help, which is great. Um, and like you said, we offer speech therapy, occupational therapy, and assistive technology. So we've added assistive technology to our service um, offerings this school year. Wow, that's great. So, but yeah, that's just kind of an overview. And what what is the age range of students that you've been helping right now? Um, so we primarily work with charter schools, which are public schools. When students come um, into a public school from the regional center, the San Diego Regional Center, mm -hmm. at the age of three, mm. They then become the responsibility of the school district to provide services versus the state of California through the regional center. Oh. So um, any any child under the age of three is usually provided services through the regional center. But okay. after that age um, mm -hmm. is when we can you know, start to work with them okay. in the schools. And then some of our severely handicapped classrooms have students up until age 21. Oh, wow. So, um, okay. but for the most part, it's um, pre-K through um, 12th grade. 
Okay. That you would be able to help you and your team. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good though, that you decided to do this so you could help all of them, especially since not all of them have that avenue. You know, like you said, it was up till three. So it's nice that they have a place that they can turn to you and your team Mm -hmm. to still get that help and Mm -hmm. those resources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with the assistive technology, so so how does that work or, or can you explain that a little bit? Absolutely. So within the realm of communication mm-hmm. um, and under the umbrella of assistive technology is AAC, okay. augmentative and alternative communication. And that is kind of our powerhouse where we go in and we work with kids who maybe don't have any um, communication, verbal communication whatsoever, mm-hmm. um, or they may not be able to use their verbal communication in a way that under other people understand what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So the technology piece comes in where they may use, um, you know, a cell phone or an iPad or uh, what have you to help them communicate. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. And for other kids, assistive technology can mean um, on our larger scope, for kids who need um, support with uh, devices, you know, mm. uh, little um, nuances that they may, may need for their wheelchair to be able to, you know, mm. for example, hold something so they can see it while they're sitting in their chair. Mm-hmm. Well, then the assistive technology specialist may come in and, and do an evaluation and look and see um, what exactly they need and, and order that for the student. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. And that, so is that that person is on your team or that's they're separate and then your team comes in? Or? They're on our team. Okay. Yes. And but but as far as the AAC evaluation part, that's that's a, so heavily weighted in communication that a speech language pathologist will typically handle that part of it in, in mm-hmm. conjunction with an assistive technology specialist. Okay. Um, and so like I said, that's kind of what we really enjoy is going and doing that communication piece of the assistive technology. Yeah. That's really helpful too. So that way these students have a way to communicate because if they didn't have that help with the technology, then no one would really know what they really needed or what they were trying to say. Or what they understand. Yeah. Yeah, Which is what is constantly trying to be measured in schools is, you know, their understanding of concepts and Mm. if they have a way to communicate that where they can point, you know, and Mm. and something, the voice from the device says what they're trying to say. It's super exciting, you know, for some kids to, to have that. So, um, so that's my favorite part about what we're doing right now. Yeah, that's just incredible. Cause it probably makes them excited too, to, to know that, people can actually comprehend what they're trying mm-hmm. to say. Whereas before this technology was even around, I can't even imagine what that would have been like before. There's a, under the realm of AAC, low tech and high tech mm. devices. And okay. so before there were, you know, electronic modes, people would use um, either just a board mm. with pictures and the, the child would point to, you know, whatever it is that they were trying to communicate. For example, sometimes it would be, um, you know, like a little plastic tray almost is what it looks like. Okay. And they would slide in the pictures with the, um, 
the icons showing um, one by one. It's usually oh. a grid format of some sort, if it's low tech or high tech. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what it looked like in the past. And mm. some kids still use that oh. low tech version. Some of them prefer it. Oh, actually. Okay. Over mm -hmm. the assistive technology. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason behind I that? I think for some kids, um, it may be a little bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, we're talking about children who may have a couple of words in their vocabulary. And so to have um, a sheet of paper or some, just something with two choices on it, you know, right. may be more useful for them as opposed to an iPad with vocabulary and fringe vocabulary and links mm. and things um, so it just depends as you mentioned before on the individual okay individual mm -hmm. basis mm -hmm. what their specific needs are absolutely okay mm -hmm. so that and your team can still help with that with mm -hmm. the low tech side yeah okay yeah. so that's really helpful yeah and so I know on your team so you said you have some occupational therapists as well so how does that so does it depend on what the student needs depending on which person on your team goes to help mm -hmm. these children. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, whenever we look at how to approach a child who's struggling in the classroom, um, there's a pretty um, specific way that we go about it okay. to make sure that we identify what the areas of need um, mm -hmm. And then once we do that, we can, if they qualify for services under special ed, we can mm -hmm. write attainable goals based upon, upon that. Um, but before we even get to that point of, you know, if we're going to draft an IEP for the student, we try to work with them in the general ed setting, mm -hmm. gather information from the teacher, from the parent, observe them in the classroom. Um, you know, things like that that are um, maybe indicators of, of a formal assessment okay. needing to be done. Mm. Sometimes it's just a matter of tweaking things in the classroom for them a certain way to, to give them, you know, access that they didn't have before. Mm. Other times a formal assessment is indicated, and that's where we go in and take our information that we've already gathered and look at the areas of weakness and specifically assess in the areas of occupational therapy if needed. Mm -hmm. So if they, to answer your question, if they have mm -hmm. trouble with fine motor skills, for example, that would translate to handwriting in the schools. Um, gross motor skills, um, maybe they have trouble with balance or they have low muscle tone. Mm -hmm. um, the occupational therapist would come in and, and do an evaluation to figure all of that out. And some kids have sensory motor mm. processing issues too, and that falls under what the occupational therapist would help with. Okay. But we go through that same process for speech and language too. Oh, okay. So the process is the same for mm -hmm. all of the mm -hmm. needs. So it is helpful that you do the assessment. Yes. Then. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and because you've been in the industry for 16 years, is that how you kind of knew like those procedures that you need to do that type of assessment first because yeah, you've been part of it? Okay. Sure. And, and I, yeah, that's a really good point because whenever you are introduced to the way things are, you know, the way things need to be done mm -hmm. by law, right? Um, 
as far as the assessment process goes, sometimes you lose a grasp of what you're actually trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so with that experience, you can really hone in and get to know the student, you know, as opposed to, okay, which test am I supposed to give, you know, that's going to yeah. show what I want it to, you know? Yeah. Um, There's more of that connection to be able to cater to their mm-hmm. needs. So, yeah. but, but like you said, not just like, okay, just give them this, like, what do they really need? Like really mm-hmm. understanding what they really need is what you and your team do. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel that it, your services now help them to become great adults, like in their adulthood? Um, yeah. So, um, you know, it, that's another thing that's so fun to watch them grow from year to year. If, if we're lucky enough to keep them on our caseload, but it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, six of one or half a dozen of the other, as my dad says, um, because we don't want to keep them in special ed. If we can ex- exit them out mm-hmm. um, and and uh, if they have shown the ability to function in their general ed classroom without that special education support, and some kids will get to that point um, as far as the kids we work with for articulation, for example. They mm-hmm. can't say their R's correct. Well, we're really going to try to aim to have them out of special ed, you know, by um, seventh grade or whatever. Wow. Yeah. Um, but for other kids, and you can imagine how that would impact them as an adult, you know, being able to articulate their sounds in an interview or, you know, yeah. any, any setting, just being able to communicate in a clearer way. Um, but then you have the other children who are more severely impacted, which is... Um, near and dear to my heart too, to be able to see the tools that they gain. Um, it could be a matter of them being able to go to the grocery store independently, you know, and communicate with the cashier, you know, be able to get their correct change back and, and things like that. So it's super exciting, you know, life skills that we can, um, Know, give these kids and, and that they can use throughout their lives. Wow, this is incredible what you and your team are doing. Just that's such that's just such a big impact that will help them as their adults just to be able to become independent and mm-hmm. everything that they learn just helps them now and to be the best adults that they can be. So I love that you're doing this. And what what made you decide to do this? I've just always loved children. You know, I just have always loved kids. Um, so it's just something that's an innate and, um, it, there's no bigger reward to me than to watch a child learn. And if they have an obstacle to their learning, identifying what that is mm-hmm. and watching them have success with the tools that, you know, they, they gain through practice. And so it's just super exciting to me. Um, naturally to watch. Yeah, that sounds so rewarding, (laughs) too, especially to be part of that impact, too. Mm -hmm. And working with the families is is really um, rewarding as well. You know, being a part of what they already have going on Mm -hmm. um, and giving suggestions on things they can do at Mm -hmm. home to supplement, you know, what we're doing in the clinic um, Mm -hmm. to have that carryover and continuity. Is, is something I really enjoy too. So the parents have probably learned a great deal then because of what you and your team are sharing with them too, of things that they can do at home. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they didn't have that help, like exactly. how would they 
really have the tools to help their kids in the best way. So that's where you and your team come in. So it's just amazing that you have done this for so long, but that you decided to create your company too, to help more people here in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're super excited at the opportunity and it's been uh, a long time coming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you've wanted to do this for a lot longer. I know you said it took a lot of time to put this together. So you had been planning to do this a lot. Yeah. I would say, um, you know, like we touched on before through the process of becoming, um, you know, an independent contractor mm-hmm. from an independent contractor to a business owner, mm-hmm. um, and seeing the scale change mm-hmm. and the responsibility level go mm-hmm. up, you know, as far as the number of kids we're able to reach mm-hmm. and what that means, what that comes with. Right. It's still good that you decided to do this. And mm-hmm. how has COVID impacted um, your company? Has it? So we, um, last March, switched to um, online, the online platform. Okay. You know, whenever all the schools did, we did it at the same time. That's hopeful you're all on the same page with that virtual realm to help students. Right. Yeah. So the way it's changed is that we've had to completely, we had to completely amend our model of service delivery mm-hmm. from in person where the um, clinicians would go to the school sites and deliver services to the virtual format where now we're doing everything online at this point. We'll see what happens. Right. Um, as schools reopen, but right now we feel like it's the best thing to do to mm-hmm. stick to the virtual format. Probably keep everyone safe, the kids safe, and are they still able to comprehend everything okay virtually too? Have you seen a good improvement still with that? I think for the most part, you know, not every child, but mm-hmm. um, and some of them are even thriving, and it's becoming a. a a really fun thing to watch because we assume, you know, that they learn a certain way, but mm. when we're forced to do this, um, and then we can see the other skills they have that we weren't able to before. Wow. And so for some kids, they're really thriving with it. Um, and others miss their friends, mm. <laughs> you know, right. The social, <laughs> so, the social aspect yeah. of it. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a learning experience for everyone involved. I think we'll mm-hmm. probably ease back into the in-person services as it seems appropriate, but right now right. everything is still virtual. Do you feel that it's been harder for you and your team or because of the being able to adapt and just like the students are adapting, it's been, it's been fairly the same or at first whenever we first switched over, it was a logistical nightmare as far as scheduling, right. Specifically, you know, Mm -hmm. so beforehand we would have maybe a group of students from this specific classroom. We would bring them to the speech room or the clinic for therapy. Mm -hmm. And so you'd have 
um, five kids on a schedule for 30 minutes or whatever. But when you switch over to the virtual, everything's out the window. Mm -hmm. They're not in school anymore. It becomes more about the family schedule. We see them Mm one-on-one as opposed to groups for the most part. And so that part was really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And then then again, at the beginning of the school year, um, you know, last spring we did that when we flipped everything over in about a week. I was wow. really proud of us. We didn't really lose, you know, miss a step. But then this school year, having to start again mm. with all of the new kids in a, in a brand new school year, the scheduling has been hard. Yeah. But after that, you know, first week mm. or so, it's it's been really good. You know, everybody's settling in and okay. making progress finally. Wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And the parents, they're involved then too when – the children are on the virtual calls or is this something that can it be done on their own sometimes? And it just depends on the student. Okay. Um, some of them are very independent, especially our older kids, like our high school age kids don't want their parents around. <laughs> That's understandable. <laughs> high school. But, <laughs> I can figure this out. <laughs> but our little ones need the support and, yeah. uh, you know, um, as far as the uh, direct therapy, mm-hmm. the parents don't need to, um, necessarily be a part of that. Okay. Um, because the clinicians are skilled and, and, you know, that's their job to work with a student in that way, but just getting them online, you know, mm-hmm. getting their headsets ready and all that kind of stuff. Um, and for assessments too, it's, it's mm-hmm. really helpful to have the parents around. Yeah. yeah. That's really good though, that with, COVID that you were able to, you and your team shift into the virtual world, even though it doesn't sound like it was easy at all. It sounds like it was very hard, but that you were able to get into this rhythm and mm-hmm. then that you're saying that a lot of the students were too. Mm-hmm. So that just shows no matter what happens in life, at least there's a way that you'll adapt and they'll adapt mm-hmm. too. And Tiffany, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share with our listeners about your company and what your team is doing? I just really hope that people don't get too discouraged. You know, I mean, there are some families who are uh, really struggling, you know, and if I could have something to say to them, it's just hang in there. You know, it's, it's a hard time for everybody. Uh, but some people definitely have it harder than others. Um, and, and so ECTS is happy to be a resource for those families in any way we can, um, you know, provide information or, you know, support, um, you know, please reach out to us. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tiffany, for being here today. And thank you for what you're doing with your company and your team. Thank you, Mary Lee. If you would like to connect and learn more about Tiffany's company, ECTS, her website is www.ectsspeech.com. Again, that's www.ectsspeech.com. And her email is tiffany at ectsspeech.com. And she has a Facebook page at Effective Communication Therapy and Instagram, Tiffany at ECTS. Thank you so much for joining me on the Design Your Happiness podcast. I appreciate you for listening and I hope you feel inspired. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your loved ones. I hope you have a beautiful day and get excited to design your happiness.